It's Tuesday, November 21st. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. And I'm Trayvell Anderson. And this is What a Day, the pod that wishes President Biden a happy birthday. A belated happy birthday. It was yesterday. So hopefully he doesn't hold a grudge because, as we know, Scorpios never hold grudges. Listen, he better not hold a grudge. He lucky he's getting a happy birthday wish from us. That's true. Okay? That's true. You hear that, President Biden? <laughs> you almost didn't wish you happy birthday. <laughs> On today's show, the drama at OpenAI continues with hundreds of workers threatening to leave, plus autoworkers ratified their contract with Detroit car makers. But first, an opinion out of the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals on Monday is jeopardizing the Voting Rights Act of 1965. That's the only primary federal law protecting voting rights from state legislatures who pass racially discriminatory voting laws. Not that important or anything. No big deal. I mean, and of course, this ruling isn't racist at all. There's no, no problems no here. No problems at all. Mm-mm. For real, though, this is honestly pretty wild. The way that most Voting Rights Act enforcement works is that a private citizen or like a group of voters will sue in court saying that a state violated the Voting Rights Act, right? But this Eighth Circuit three-judge panel, which consisted of one Trump appointee and two George W. Bush appointees, ruled two to one that there actually is no private right of action, that only the DOJ can enforce the VRA. This is not true for how things have worked. The statute has been around for 60 years, and there's always been a private right of enforcement. But this panel has ruled, nope, we're changing the rules. That's not how it works. Okay, so this opinion is saying that private bodies cannot enforce the Voting Rights Act, but what does that actually mean now? What will happen to the Voting Rights Act going forward? Well, that's the big question. So I called up our good friend of the pod, Jay Willis. He's the editor-in-chief of Balls and Strikes, an outlet that publishes critical and progressive commentary on the legal system, where I'm also a contributing editor. I started out by asking him what's at stake here if this ruling stands. Even under a Democratic administration, the Department of Justice just doesn't have the time or the resources to enforce the Voting Rights Act everywhere it needs to be enforced. It's like playing whack-a-mole against Republican racists in various states. Like, you're not going to be able to get there. And the flip side of that, under a Republican presidency, the Attorney General's not going to be enforcing the Voting Rights Act at all. They're going to be, I don't know, something about Hunter Biden's laptop. It's honestly never really been clear to me. Or they're going to be enforcing it in, like, the worst possible way. Seems like it could also just be really manipulated. Is that right? A Republican attorney general manipulating the law to suit their party's <laughs> own ends? It's crazy. Crazy. Okay, so we could see this case taken up at the Supreme Court if it's appealed, which it will be. So what is your prediction for how the justices would weigh in here? And what happens if they do agree with this ruling from today? Off the top of my head, I don't know that the Supreme Court allows this, like, one Eighth Circuit weirdo to rewrite 60 years worth of Voting Rights Act precedent. But I've seen the Supreme Court do weirder stuff over the past couple of years. Yeah. Whatever the result of this particular case, this is the product of a judiciary dominated by Trump judges. It's just a big sort of anti-democracy echo chamber. I'm reminded a little bit of sort of the discourse over the Rahimi case before the Supreme Court now, where the Supreme Court issued this unhinged Second Amendment decision in Bruin, and suddenly it's having to sort of frantically backtrack as the result of the application of its test results in domestic abusers having unfettered access to firearms. Sort of the same thing here. Over the past couple of years, 
there's been two cases in which Justices Clarence Thomas and Neil Gorsuch both sort of put little flags in Voting Rights Act cases where they said, you know, we've never actually decided whether Section 2 has a private right of action. And that's a signal to conservative activists and or conservative judges to, like, decide otherwise. And even if the courts, you know, has to backtrack here, this is the kind of thing that's going to happen sometimes, which is conservatives are going to see a lane, a permission structure for them to rewrite the law as they would like it to be, and they are going to take it. That was my conversation with Jay Willis, and an ACLU attorney told Politico that she believes that the Supreme Court will likely take up the case. So given our current Supreme Court, that doesn't give me a lot of hope, but we will see. You can check out more of Jay's work on Balls and Strikes, which we'll have linked in our show notes below. Thanks for that, Josie. Now on to another voting rights-related story, this one coming out of Wisconsin, or Wisconsin, if your name is <laughs> T. Payne. Today, their state Supreme Court will hear oral arguments in a redistricting case that could upend the status quo of political power in the state, seemingly in a good way for progressive-minded folks. This is one of those types of cases we've mentioned on the show before, where Republicans have drawn voting maps in a way to ensure they maintain or gain power. In Wisconsin, those maps basically have districts that are shaped oddly or otherwise don't make any sense, unless someone is purposefully trying to finagle their way through voter disenfranchisement. The shape of the districts are so odd that they've been compared to Swiss cheese. One Democratic lawmaker even said they, quote, look like a two-year-old drew them. Yeah, as a parent of a two-year-old, I have to say that's a terrible endorsement. (laughs) You never want your map to look like a two-year-old drew it. Tell us a little bit more about this lawsuit, like who filed it, what's at stake, et cetera. Yeah, so the lawsuit was filed by 19 Democratic voters in Wisconsin who are basically saying that these maps are proof of gerrymandering because they ensure the GOP has an unfair advantage in state assembly and Senate races. Something important to know, it was this same court, which used to have a conservative majority back in 2022, that approved these maps in the first place. But now, with the swearing-in of Justice Janet Protasewicz in August of this year, the state's Supreme Court has a liberal majority for the first time since 2008. And Protosewicz, by the way, was critical of these maps during her campaign, so we kind of know where she at least might be leaning. That said, the court has decided not to deal with the gerrymandering question directly. Instead, they'll be focused on answering two questions specifically. The first question is whether or not the current maps violate the contiguity requirement of the state's constitution. Democrats are saying, for example, that Republicans shouldn't be able to carve out these islands or pockets of a district that are completely surrounded by another district. They've identified that 55 of the state's 99 assembly districts and 21 of the state's 33 Senate districts contain these, quote, disconnected pieces of territory. And so they're saying that the contiguity requirement requires that every part of a district must be touching. And then the second question the court is focusing on is about whether the 2022 decision to enact these Republican-drawn maps violates the state constitution's separation of powers clause, especially since they adopted it despite a veto by the state's Democratic governor. And I bet you that the Republicans are thrilled about this. 
Would that be right? Of course they're not. Of course they're not. (laughs) Oh, boy. In addition to the conservative justices on the court vocalizing their disdain, one of them actually said, quote, redistricting should not be an annual event. You also have Republican legislators calling for Protosewich's impeachment because she won't recuse herself. They say that she's biased because of those campaign comments I mentioned earlier. And all of this is particularly important because Republicans have a two-thirds majority in the state Senate, and they are only two votes away from that same threshold in the state assembly. If they were to get those two votes, they'd have the power to override the Democrat governor's veto and further wreak havoc on Wisconsin residents. We will be sure to keep an eye out on how the court decides, but that is the latest for now. We'll be back after some advertisements. What a Day is brought to you by Viore. Viore's performance wear clothes are designed to look great no matter what you're doing, both in and out of the gym. And they might be the most comfortable pants I've ever worn in my life. Buttery soft, yes. So soft. Yes. I have on one of their cropped sweaters, and it's a staple now. I don't think I'll be taking it off until next week. But don't judge me. (laughs) I won't judge you. And don't judge me for not working out, but wearing comfortable workout clothes. That is, I feel like, required. That's part of the beauty of Viore. On the couch, in the gym, it still works. I look like I work out (laughs) and like I dress cute when I work out. But in fact, I don't do either. And this is just me dressing normally. And comfortably. That's the flex, though, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. So for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at Viore.com slash wad. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash wad. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to Viore.com slash wad and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. We're big fans of therapy on here, on the show. We absolutely are. Yeah. We absolutely are because, listen, you're going to need it, okay, to mm-hmm. get through this year ahead of us. And so why not check out BetterHelp to give you the the necessary coping tools, you know what I mean, just to be able to keep on keeping on, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. and offers their 30-day alive and thrive guarantee, along with free plant consultation forever. Okay, so this weekend we started planting in our backyard. Mm-hmm. And we're doing some wildflowers. We're also doing some trees we bought from Fast Growing Trees. I would love to tell you what kind of trees they are, but I have already forgotten as soon as I bought them. However... They look great, and I'm very excited to have a backyard that makes it look like I know what I'm doing. Listen, I love fast-growing trees because these plants that I have now bought over the last couple years of them supporting this show, I would like to report they are still alive. 
Okay. And so I officially have a green thumb. You thanks do? Thanks to fast growing trees. That is very impressive. <laughs> to keep them alive that long is very, very impressive. Right now, Fast Growing Trees, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Let's get to some headlines. Headlines. Starting in Silicon Valley, where a weekend of drama led to big changes and an uncertain future at OpenAI, the company that created ChatGPT. We told you yesterday that the co-founder of OpenAI, Sam Altman, was ousted as CEO last Friday. Well, late Sunday night, the company's board of directors said it stood by its decision and would not reinstate Altman. Then Microsoft, which has invested billions of dollars into OpenAI, announced it hired Altman and OpenAI's former president, Greg Brockman, to lead an AI research team at Microsoft. And on Monday, more than 700 of OpenAI's 770 staff members signed on to an open letter to call for the resignation of the board of directors and for Altman's return. And they threatened to leave the company and join the others at Microsoft unless their demands were met. You don't really want 700 of your 770 staff members threatening to leave. Those numbers aren't good. In the meantime, Emmett Shear, the newest CEO, said in a post on X that he plans to hire an investigator to, quote, dig into the entire process leading up to this point. And that is what we know so far, but we will keep you updated as more details become available. Over in Argentina, far-right populist Javier Milei was elected to be the country's next president. Milei is a libertarian economist and a self-described anarcho-capitalist who also happens to be an admirer of Donald Trump. He won nearly 56% of the vote with almost all ballots counted and beat Sergio Massa, the country's center-left economy minister. Some background on Argentina's next president. Milei is a former television personality who said he would slash government spending, close the nation's central bank, and replace the peso with the U.S. dollar. During campaign rallies, Milei sometimes carried an actual chainsaw, which was mm. meant to symbolize deep spending cuts. For context, Argentina is currently struggling with its worst economic crisis in years, with inflation soaring above 140%. And some political analysts who spoke with the New York Times said Millet's rise shines a light on many Argentines' need for change. And next for the country, Javier Millet will officially be sworn in as president on December 10th. Shakira has long claimed her tax returns don't lie, but she decided to settle in the fraud case against her anyway. The international pop star struck a last-minute agreement with Spanish prosecutors yesterday on the opening day of her trial in Barcelona. She was accused of six counts of tax fraud for failing to pay 14.5 million euros in income taxes between 2012 and 2014. In court on Monday, Shakira told the presiding magistrate that she accepted a deal with prosecutors, bringing the trial to an end after just eight minutes. Under the agreement, Shakira will get a three-year suspended sentence and be fined more than 7 million euros. She'll also have to pay for the unpaid taxes and interest. Prosecutors initially sought an eight-year prison sentence along with a fine of 24 million euros. Shakira said in a statement, quote, While I was determined to defend my innocence in a trial that my lawyers were confident would have ruled in my favor, I have made the decision to finally resolve this matter with the best interest of my kids at heart. But Shakira's legal woes are not over yet. Back in September, prosecutors charged her in a separate investigation with alleged evasion of taxes on her 2018 income. Oh, girl. Somebody lying. 
Something's not right, Josie. Spain would never see me again, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Hot labor summer has turned to pumpkin spice labor fall. The United Auto Workers confirmed yesterday that 146,000 of its members ratified four and a half year agreements with the big three U.S. automakers, Ford, Stellantis, and General Motors. That victory came about because of the union's over six-week strike that ended on October 30th. Some of the gains for UAW members include 27% general wage increases over the agreement's life and the return of benefits like cost-of-living adjustments that were lost during the Great Recession. In a statement, UAW President Sean Fain said, in part, quote, After years of cutbacks, months of our stand-up campaign, and weeks on the picket line, we have turned the tide for the American auto work. Want to send your name to the stars? NASA has upped the vanity license plate to space-age proportions, ironically by making it microscopic. Right now until the end of the year, you can submit your name to join at least 700,000 others that will be etched onto microchips and launched into space as part of the agency's unmanned mission to Jupiter's Europa moon. The October 2024 mission hopes to determine whether Europa has that certain je ne sais quoi needed to support life, including reliable energy sources and liquid water. The microchips will join an engraved plate featuring a poem by U.S. poet laureate Ada Limon called In Praise of Mystery, a poem for Europa. And for those of you thinking of submitting your favorite Bart Simpson-esque fake name, know that NASA does approve or not each submission. Maybe try Seymour Butts on a mission to Uranus instead. (laughs) NASA has dubbed the Europa Initiative message in a bottle, probably because the clipper won't arrive at Jupiter until 2030, so we've all got a while to wait. My opinion is, do not give the aliens your name. (laughs) Don't do it. Unless, Unless you are already not of this world and mm. you want them to know exactly where to come find you mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. they're ready to rescue you. This is a fair you. point. This is a fair point. You know point. what I mean? Also, by 2030, things here might be even worse. And so, <laughs> Listen, we all might want to get the hell up out of here. You might want those aliens <laughs> to come get you. You might want to roll those dice. <laughs> and those are the headlines. Two more things before we go. First, here at Cricket, we love Karayuma and their comfortable, cool, sustainably made sneakers. We love them so much that Cricket released our second collaboration with them, a Love It or Leave It sneaker. They come in pink and black and have really fun LA-inspired designs. Now is the perfect time to step up your shoe game with super comfortable sneakers crafted with consciously sourced materials. Plus, Karayuma plants two trees in the Brazilian rainforest for each pair purchased. Head to Cricket slash store to grab a pair. And secondly, we're going to be off the rest of the week to bake all the things, eat all the things, and hug all the family. At least the family we actually like. I like all my family, for any family listening. We'll be back with a new episode <laughs> next Monday. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, give the VRA some TLC, and tell your friends to listen. And if you are into reading and not just microscopic signatures like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. So check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. I'm Trayvell Anderson. And, and happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I can't wait to devour some, you know, smothered turkey wings. Yeah. That's what'll be on my stove. What are you eating, Josie? I'm eating all the potato dishes that can be potatoed.
What Today is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Our show's producers, Itzi Quintanilla, Raven Yamamoto, and Natalie Bettendorf are our associate producers with help today from Saul Rubin. And our showrunner is Leo Duran. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Want to make smart trading decisions fast? Decision Tech from Fidelity can help. You'll get heads-up alerts on market events and insights that can inform your buy and sell decisions. Plus, you can trade fractional shares with zero commissions for online U.S. stocks and ETFs. Never miss an opportunity. That's Decision Tech from Fidelity. Get started at fidelity.com slash trading. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC.